So just to remind and reflect that you may have got the message already, but uh, uh, the ramifications of anatta are profound. Um, Jitta is not self. So, oh yeah, it's interesting. This means strange things happen. This means um, one doesn't have so much control over it. Uh, this means energies can shift and change. Uh, and you feel that's you. Because it definitely affects you, affects everything. It affects your body, affects your mind. Mm. Uh, it's not self. In a way, there's a sort of relief about that because then, okay, you don't have to feel so awkward about it all. But at the same time, it's extremely um, uh, <laughs> precarious at times. That's what will arise. Uh, things you know, familiar, you know, me again, same old stuff. It can be rather dispiriting. How long does this go on for? <clears throat> Beautiful things may arise. There's a release. There's an opening of space. Oh, wow. All that just can drop away. And things you don't, you can't even really know about happen. You just go strange. Strange territories can open up. This is the domain. Mm. Jitta could say sits doesn't really move in terms of space or time. We could be Jitta could be experiencing qualities now that you know maybe have happened for a long period of time that seem to relate to events of ten years ago, and they will continue because Jitta doesn't shift in terms of time, it doesn't just move on by itself. It doesn't really operate in terms of space, which particular geographical environment you're in. It could be the same any old where, you can be, you know, anywhere in the world experiencing these same phenomena. But it does operate in terms of karma and sankara. And karma uh, the events one's been in, one's intention has been engaged with. In karma, literally action, but Buddha um, saying, Chitana, Ambikwe Kama, this is volition, intentions, uh, engagement of the mind, the engagement of the mind when it connects, holds, and moves. That is karma. How much of that has been there been? Mixed, good, bad, confused, um, probably elements of ignorance, delusion, distortions, um, a lot. Uh, jitters in that. Some of it is, it can slip out of quite easily. Some of it is fairly embedded, strongly uh, habituated. Mm. And that has effects. 
effects in terms of what one, one's mind, one's attention suddenly becomes flooded by, one feels lonely, frightened, uh, overwhelmed, um, one feels uh, yeah. kinds of irritation, negativities moving up and naturally these will project onto the sense consciousness that is giving you sights and sounds and uh, don't be so convinced by that Notice the familiarity of patterns they occur. Here he is again, here she is again, this particular thing. Chitta is struggling to access and uh, rise out of his old patterns, and this often means it has to enter them. This is a careful process in which we want to not just get embedded in our old stuff, but at the same time not just be cruising away, ignoring it. the ending of karma. What does consciousness get established on? What mental states does consciousness engage with and start you know, activating around? And, uh, Chitta works in terms of kama, and also it's sensitive to dhamma. And, uh, mm. <laughs> you know, we something in us, chitta searches for release and release suffering, stress. It's also sympathetic. So, when you, particularly when you practice in a group, you often get an amplification of effects. Uh, both for good, uh, encouragement, and also just just the volumes turned up. When you do meditation retreats, if you like, the intensity is just by that fact alone is turned up. So you know, it's not just like sitting on a bus. <laughs> so naturally, this intensification is something to acknowledge. So jitter is not self. It means it's also being stimulated by certainly talks, themes being brought up that it resonates with uh, think of that a feeling of uh, energy that occurs in a, in a group when everybody is at least entering this area something about the group effect when everybody is kind of entering into this you know sensitive and uh, focused condition. This, this energy is not self, it, doesn't, it means it's not contained inside your head or even inside your body. It, it, it's, the energetic domain is shared. So we can feel the feeling of sense of solidarity, but also it tends to 
heighten our own uh, effects, which has its benefit. But also it means what you do as the response that you're already having enough done, you're having a lot done to you just by entering this. Trust the process. And the doing, what we do, is kind of just steward and be a custodian of a process that Jitta is already engaged in and stimulated by, by being in this occasion in our lives. Steady, silent bodies. Resonant themes, and the usual uh, movements out that we would normally dissipate our energy with, builds up a tremendous potential. Therefore, one must say so much emphasis on simplicity, simple references, and uh, being a wise custodian of what we are experiencing. When it needs uh, grounding, when it needs spaciousness, when it needs soothing, this is getting close up to it. You know, if we recognise, you know, the some of these Buddhist pedagogical terms, we have the fetters, personality view, all that. Is a non-starter really for me for this kind of process. Going to this with the idea of hanging on to your personality, <laughs> you know, it's it's going to have a real rocky ride. You know, there's a lot of surrender that has to happen. And okay, you know, one isn't who one thinks one is, and that's good. And that's also difficult because we don't necessarily know how to operate. Therefore, you need the Dhamma to operate. Qualities of Steadying, soothing, grounding, spaciousness, easing, relationship to your experience, doubt, uncertainty, lack of confidence, I'm getting it wrong, what's the right way, what should I do, I must be doing something wrong, what's the right way, and what's the right way? Sila Bhatta Paramasa, what's the, what's the technique, what's the system, how long, looking for the rule book, the manual. And so these three all, three fetters all come together and they all break at the same point. They're really three aspects of the same thing. The personality system itself is a structure and it's based upon... <laughs> certain um, do-it programs and we develop particular systems, duties, identities we systematically recreate ourselves in terms of our duties, our chores, even our meditation practice we're kind of confirming the person as the leader the person is on top of all this she does this, she does that, he does this, he does that, 
he knows how to do this, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't this time. And then, of course, we have a system, okay, at nine o'clock, ten o'clock, da 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 da. I'm doing it right. Yeah, got my meditation system, I'm doing it right. I want to know how to do it right. That's the person. The person feels extremely uneasy about not knowing how to do it right. If you're not doing it right, you must be doing it wrong. Is it way beyond that? Beyond right and wrong? Yeah. This is the middle way or the way of uncertainty. Things are changing. How do you respond? The only uh, system that works is in fact the chitta itself. Listening, responding, reading, sensing. It's appropriate. Not settling. No one who, who begins to shift to that trust, follow that risky path, which is only ever one step at a time. You don't know quite where it's going, but you know this is a true step. And where it go, you'll, you'll figure that out as you go along. This is the one step. Forest practice. Yeah? Remember those people in the time of the Buddha? No maps. No straight paths, no flashlight, no GPS, just... Looks like there's an open spot over there, I guess I'll go there. Looks like that's jammed, won't go there. Looks like dangerous, I won't do that. You know, just finding their way. Even these old two-door monks of you know, last century. You know, they were, unfortunately, walked to India and back. 15 years, no map, no flashlight, just follow your nose, had to walk through Burma, didn't speak Burmese, you know, 15 years, just step at a time, sun's over there, moon's up there, stars are there, wind blowing that way, looks about there, there's a village, you know, that. And they say they are... The only thing you had maybe was a candle and the Metta Sutta. <laughs> you just keep chanting the Metta Sutta, reciting to other beings, I mean well, free from harm, Davis protect me. And if it's dark, light your candle, just, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Yeah? And sometimes, obviously, it's time to stop. Just find a cave somewhere and rest up for a day or two. It's like that. That's practice. Can you kind of get an idea, internalize that, that sense, you know, in terms of your three months, or your month, or whatever it is, or your day? When's it time to just rest in the cave? When's it time to step left, right, forward, slowly? When's it time, you know? And uh, jitta will not tell you, but listening, it's not the thoughts, not the impulses, but it's something that arises. Gut, quite gut knowledge, heart knowledge, gut knowledge, it's something about these terms that keeps reminding us of the, of, uh, the embodiment. Yeah. 
in the sense of the you know, visceral, even the visceral nervous system feels certain qualities of fear or tension or you know, and the heart system feels senses of openness or space. And you're looking, reading those, these are not physical, these are energies that we can experience. And most of us are riding this ship from the head, as if we're on top of something. This is no way to walk, no way to fare onwards. Mm. You're listening in. When things feel settled, that's where you park. Where things feel more settled, more comfortable, more steady. From there, how is this? Breathing in, breathing out, feeling your body, feeling the space around you. This doesn't really matter because the chitta (laughs) is not concerned too much about that. It knows its own steadiness, its spaciousness, its groundedness, its openness, its fluidity, it knows that. You do that through walking, that's fine, standing, that's fine, breathing, that's fine. You know, it's all, that's, those are just means to an end, to settle, consolidate, samadhi once jitta is steadied, settled, consolidated. So consider samadhi to be like a consolidation of jitta rather than a concentration, something gradually gathering together, collecting. And then you, you know that's happening. Support that happening, whatever theme, idea, sound feeling helps to cause the jitta to consolidate in a healthy way rather than rigid clinging hanging on that must be the way because the jitta seeks ground and mostly the untrained person seeks ground by having a firm opinion they make that solid that gives them some fragile brittle solidity they find ground by hanging on to something. Makes them feel more solid. Hanging on to being good or being this or that or the other, being right, being even being wrong. <laughs> you know. Hang on essentially in that consolidation always becomes that I am. Bad, good, whatever. So that's what jitta is seeking, but this is the confusion we've been looking for in terms of sankharas, ideas, views, constructions, things I do. And the real solidification, consolidation of jitta doesn't occur there. It's where it naturally gathers together into itself, into its presence, into awareness.
present, it's aware, it's sensing things, that's your, that's your footstep. And from there, how can it extend? It also inclines towards fulfillment. Inclines towards fulfillment, consummation of this predicament we're in. It doesn't want just to be a little corner, a nice little quiet space somewhere. Something jitter inclines towards just clearing the karma, karmic vortex, not just a little corner of it, but all of it. That's what it does. And you've got to moderate, okay, let's you know, not push it, but where if it was a good place, just inquire, nudge through. It's like you're moving through a jungle. And you can do this in your body, feeling a quiet place. And then around it, you're feeling a soft, steady, comfortable place in your chest. Okay, now around that area, can I stay with that? Can I include the whole body gradually? You can do sweeping. And sweeping meditation itself is a very useful thing, well documented. Because it has, it's like a massage. And every now and then it's just good to give yourself a massage. And this is not a minute examination, scrutiny, uh, whereby you know every sensation. It's, it's a felt thing, just like you're grooming, like stroking a horse, and you're running your awareness over the whole thing. And then feeling out the knots, the tangles, places that feel a little bit sensitive, and the strong pieces, where it feels steady and strong, and sweeping, you know, repeatedly. This helps to bring benevolent or helpful energy through the entire body. I mean, some of the Lockages that have occurred, the emotional blocks that have occurred are beginning to get a little bit released. You could call it a kind of yoga of awareness, whatever you want to call it. But often the general recommendation is to move from the top down, general direction down. And this is because by and large, all, uh, uh, well, a huge amount of um, uh, dysfunctional energy shoots up and out. You would spin out. So we might start moving down from the top of the head. And the movement itself should be something like uh, liquid slowly, something like a gel, 
soothing down from the crown of the head, feeling the bone. Really, not just scanning over it like you're looking at a map, you know, but actually walking the ground of it, feeling the bone, and the textures of the skin, the body, the pulses, the moisture, or the dryness. And it might start with just a very overall sweep for like two or three minutes, just sensing the whole form, just as if one were first of all preparing everything, top of the head down to the trunk, the base of the tail, and then down through the legs. You can do this standing also, or even reclining. First thing is just to get the whole body here in jitta to occupy the body. Often the jitta just occupies the realms of emotions and thoughts, memories and perceptions. And we're tuning into the felt experience of body, which is not exactly the same, certainly not the same as the visual experience of it. And you notice probably that, for example, the, sen- the amount of energy in, y- in your thumb is probably as big as the amount of energy in your lower leg. It's not to do with size. Hands are extremely large or uh, expressive. Uh, um, middle of the back, probably nothing much. But whether it's a lot there or nothing there, you get the whole thing first of all, realise there's probably places you've ankles, what? You know, sole of the foot, wrist. No, it's been stomach, it's been eyes, it's been forehead, it's been temples, and the rest of it, you know, secondary. Just even naming the whole thing, and uh, the ribs, sides of the body, between the armpit and the hip, under the throat, under the chin, floor of the mouth. So it's so conditioned by what we see. Imagine it, you know, with turning it upside down, how you'd sense it from there. The eye sockets, uh, sinuses, there's a lot in the head. And so you just get the whole thing, and then you begin to gradually, as if you're running fluid over the little valleys and peaks and crags of the anatomy. Mm-hmm. form and down, soothing, steady, down. Areas that seem extremely volatile. Throat, centre of the chest, diaphragm. Just as if you're stroking a, a creature, because that's what you're doing. And certain areas you realise have 
So very delicate there. But then not to put too much energy into areas that were already extremely um, activated. And that's what will happen if you give too much attention. The attention itself as an energy. You attend to something, you put energy into it. It's just not a choice. If you give attention to something, attention is not self. Right? None of this is self. These are systems. Attention is a system that will put energy into what you give attention to. Whether you negative energy, confused energy, happy energy, <laughs> that's your choice. But it will energize. So you want to make sure your attention has got a quality of at least calm or, or gentleness or spaciousness or warmth to it. So if you're reviewing like a, a, a doctor or a nurse would, you know, touch, be careful, and don't linger in areas that are too uh, raw. Instead, sweep over them lightly, finding places where it's easy to to rest your attention. So sweeping down. Let's do it few minutes just from the top of the head down the back establishing the back first of all because the back is much more uh, much less volatile uh, gives you a sense of strength down the spine into the base of the body tail, sacrum how does it feel? bone, simple upright firmness very important to return to that time and time again because of all aspects of the body it's this spinal channel spinal axis which carries the sheer strength unforced strength not muscular strength it's not an effort strength it's a strength that's just the strength of structure and it's built to take weight and so often we get so activated by the soft tissues what happens to our face, our eyes, and so forth that we just go there and put more energy into it and the whole thing becomes overcooked so it's important to withdraw attention from areas that don't benefit and the spinal axis is the most useful one because this is pretty firm and you can use that, it just helps your sitting posture and tracing it down if you're standing, go right the way down to the soles of your feet if you're sitting, as you reach the sacrum, spread it out the triangle of the legs so it gives you a nice firm place, you do that steadily, and you've got something there you can do that time and time again, it feels really steady it's a downward direction, grounding. And when you breathe out, it's if you're breathing out down that, that, in that same direction, descending into the ground. 
This is a place that provides that natural quality of talking about ground and your energy is steadied there. And also places that are very able to feel open and uh, these would be the palms of the hands, the soles of the feet, the temples and the sockets around the eyes. These can be contracted. If they're contracted, give attention to them in a way that encourages them to open up. This is the palms of the hands, the soles of the feet, the temples, and around the eyes, and perhaps the centre of the forehead. These areas where energy can flow out breathe in and out through these places see not it's not a forced breath it's just a natural opening that allows energy to expand take some of the tension the pent-up qualities the locked-in qualities that can occur when you meditate you know, when they meditate a certain sense of sit still be determined to get focused this is not bad, but it generally it's crude and it needs some moderation. And so finding these open places. And of course the rhythmic in terms of the body is flow, breath flow, walking, it's in the movement of the body walking. So these are ways that help to um, clean energy from its brittle state or its driven state or its flaccid collapsed state sweeping through. So whenever you the more thorough sweep, you keep these places in mind because then if you're coming down, sweeping through your body and you're finding really feeling lost, then you would go connect that to your spine, particularly the lower spine. Not in the shoulders, but the lower spine. If you're getting foggy and lost, connect to the lower spine, collect that area to the lower spine, lumbar, ground. When you're getting tight, connect that to the palms of the hands. And so you've got these reference points. And then as you get a little more assured in it, perhaps most people would probably acknowledge that they're when they've sensed their bodies in this way, they're rather unbalanced. Like I said, a lot in the right side, nothing much in the left side. A lot in the shoulders, nothing much in the lumbar. Yeah. So then you sweep from the uh, heavy side or the strong side to include the lesser. So you balance by just steadily combing brushing across from one side to the other, from a 
strong place to an under-energized place, you know, encouraging energy to, to fill and uh, notice the attitudes. Remember, this is seemingly not just a physical exercise. So, so what kind of attitudes do you come up against there? This is holistic, so if your attitude is hurry up and get this done, that's not suitable. Uh, if you're trying to figure out what, why it's like this, that's not suitable. Uh, different, uh, every attitude you bring into it, your intention, this is karma, right there. This is karma. So you're, in a way, generating skillful karma. And this is certainly really helpful for meditation when you're dealing with difficult places, shaky places, stressful places, tense places. That you learn how to moderate your attention and intention to move through these, to track through these difficult places in the jungle, the brambles, the swamps, the seemingly craggy, difficult places. If you do it like that, then you begin to learn something about what happens in the rest of your life when you enter the same kind of territory. You get situations that are very swampy, uh, things that seem just really pressing down on you, oppressed by, Instead of just bunching up tight in your old calming habit, which is just on a lockdown or blam through, you realize there's another kind of chaitanya that becomes possible because you've learned it in this very intimate domain of handling what happens in your own body. Because that's a readout. What happens in terms of the energy in your body is a blueprint of the rest of your life. You know, because that, that's the system that Chitta has, has got buried in, in a way. Or, or that's the Sankaras. You know, we realize that Chitta came into birth. It came into birth. And birth meant the aggregates. And it meant being embodied. And so it learned how to operate through this. Through being in this. That's not where it has to be all the time, but that's what it learned. And so it learns its procedures from the kind of ways in which you operate in the body. And also, we operate with our body, we learn the procedures from how we operate in our life. So if you've been hasty, hurried, forceful, confused, dithering, those are the patterns that get established in terms of your own body. You know, there's no separation really. <clears throat> so if we, you know, work at this level, this is not just a refined meditation practice, this is beginning to change sankharas. And that's a very long term and far-reaching uh, process. Right, so really strongly recommended just to, you know, we have this occasion. Stay, stay in it. 
You, know, you could turn big patterns around in your life in this. The way the jitta you know, collapses or feels it can't, feels it ought to, obligation patterns, uh, I have to try harder or I can't do it patterns or whatever, you know. And then you feel, what's that feel like in your body? That quivering sense or that stress sense, energy rushes up into your shoulders or your jaw, you lock up. When suddenly all the energy collapses and your chest sinks down, you know. And these are not verbal, but they're, they're, they're co-relative to life patterns because it's the same system, Sankara. As with Kaya Sankara, so is Jitta Sankara, so is Raji Sankara, verbal formation, dithering, rushed, hasty, explosive, meandering, whatever. You know, these are the things that we all experience in the way we speak and verbalize and think, rushing on or stuck, trying to get it right. How does it feel? So, you know. And here you chance just the massage, the, the bodily basis of that. Notice what it's like when some of that feels more even. The body begins, in fact, to almost disappear. Strangely enough, the more close you get to it, you know, what's that? It's just a system of, of energies moving. There's no elbows and teeth in it. There's no hair. and It's just a sense of an energetic system. Responsive. And it can consolidate into something that becomes the home for the homeless one. Becomes the foundation for one who seeks liberation. Because he only tells the truth. It tells the truth. It tells you the truth of suffering. <laughs> it tells you the truth of non-suffering. And it tells you the truth of the path. It tells you the truth of why. What's the cause of it? It tells these truths. And it doesn't know about, you know, the past and the future and the should be and the ought to be and the person's concerns. It doesn't know those. This is why it's so that we, we recommend this. Get out of the stories but not through suppressing it by seeing the roots of those stories in this very body. As it says, you know, in this fathom-long body with its perceptions, male mind and consciousness is the arising of the world, the world and the path leading to the end of it. This is the jungle you have to walk through. And it's a sure path and it leads to one's welfare in this present time 
and long-term understanding and freedom. Therefore, it's to be encouraged. Mm. So let's take some time for direct practice. <coughs>